Welcome to the I Got Your Six podcast, episode three. My name is Jesus Pereira, a.k.a. Jesus, Director of Veteran Services for the City of Holyoke. And with me, I have... Natalia Munoz, the News Director for Holyoke Media. Hey, nice to see you again, Natalia. It's been like... I don't know, a couple of days. It's been, it's been a few hours. <laughs> We've had a pretty busy week, so I've been in, uh, in and out of uh, your presence a couple of times already this week. So, How are things going at Veteran Services? Oh, you know, just when you think you have everything uh, dialed in, something just comes out of nowhere and you have to deal with another person's challenge. And mm. just before I came to the studio today, I had uh, Holyoke Police Department come in and they have an elderly veteran who is... Uh, looking to face probably eviction mm. and uh, hasn't seek services yet. And so now we jump in at the end and try to figure out how to help them. Yeah. So it's kind of tough, but I, not to, not to talk about people specifically, but um, usually just so in ge- speaking in general, the challenges that veterans face, is there like an order priority? Is it homelessness? Is it lack of uh, healthcare services, mental health services? Well, it's hard to say what's priority over um, one, one, one over the other. It just mm-hmm. depends where that person is in their life, right? So this person may have all the health care in the world, but it's facing eviction. So that becomes number one. I'll say on the federal side, VA has thrown tons of money at um, making sure that housing is sort of secured for veterans who need it. How uh, so? Explain to me how so. So the Veterans Health, well, the Veterans Administration has programs called uh, like HUD-VASH. So basically those are Section 8 vouchers for mm-hmm. veterans specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eligibility for those vouchers have expanded over the years, mm-hmm. right? So there used to be income requirements. They're still kind of are. Uh, but there was all sorts of service requirements for them too. And as nationally, we're going to a housing first model where we just want to get people housed and then deal with their issues later. Um, they've expanded the eligibility. There's also... Um, so for instance... So say somebody comes in and they're homeless. Right. Okay. I'll talk through the process that we deal with as a city department uh, for that particular situation. Once we can verify, or even if we think that that person's a veteran, we can pay for that veteran to go into a, a hotel or something for a couple of days while we work with uh, folks like the VA or some nonprofit organizations that have other funding. Uh, they have funding that's called SSVF, which is Supportive Services for Veterans and Families. Each pool of money does slightly different work, mm-hmm. so you, but we all have to collaborate to make this happen. So they would come to us. We would get them into a situation where they're in a, a hotel and then uh, see if they're VA health eligible because then we can start covering health care because with health care comes, you know, mental health care, comes physical health care, and then also um, like case management from these HUD-VASH coordinators who get them housed and also deal with their day-in and day-out challenges. How many vouchers, Section 8 vouchers, does Holyoke have? Is it by region, by city? How, how does that work? So the way the HUD-VASH vouchers work, to my the best of my recollection, um, is that the, the VA will distribute, the VA gets X amount, and mm-hmm. it could be, you know, Western Central Massachusetts gets, say, 500. Mm-hmm. Then uh, community partners would come in and ask for those vouchers so they could hold on to, so they could administer the voucher. So... Around here, we have the Northampton uh, Housing Authority who hangs on, like asks for X amount of vouchers and they hold on to them. Case managers have vouchers that they can utilize. Uh, Holyoke, unfortunately, our housing authority doesn't have uh, any of those vouchers on hand. How come? Well, I think part of it is that they're mobile vouchers. They go with the veteran. Mm -hmm. So if the veteran leaves Holyoke and goes somewhere else, I guess something about the case management Mm -hmm. portion of it on the Holyoke Housing Authority side uh, becomes tricky. So, 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 so then you would connect somebody who a veteran who is homeless with the Northampton Housing Authority to get a voucher. Well, typically, the case manager from the VA mm-hmm. would go shopping for housing for them. Mm-hmm. So, in our part in the city, we we just get them uh, the outreach that they need. So we we get them in the temporary housing situation, mm-hmm. and then have VA come in with their staff, you know, they're all LICSWs that work with, with these veterans. Those are licensed social workers. Yeah, they're licensed social workers. So este, what are the challenges then for a veteran to use his or her voucher for Section 8 and then getting housing? Finding the housing that's appropriate for them. What does that mean? Well, I, I think we've talked at one point about how I don't believe it's a great idea to take someone who's having uh, – 
challenges with substance abuse and put them in a high crime area with a lot of substances for them mm-hmm. to have access to. Um, other times is, you know, they need multi-bedroom units. They're hard to find that will accept the, the vouchers because they have to be sectionally eligible. And, you know, that's that's the challenge. So the veteran and, you know, if they have a family, um, is there a challenge on the side then of property owners to negotiate with the veteran services to say, okay, I'm going to lower the rent. So the voucher. So all that is sort of already predetermined by by what HUD thinks the median rate range is for housing in that area. So actually landlords make out pretty well if they have a, a property that's maintained well. They're going to get market rate total, right? The voucher covers X amount and the veteran has to pay the difference. Mm-hmm. And that difference could be, it could range anywhere from yeah. 20 to you know, 40, 50%. Who knows? Yeah. It just depends on the situation and the veteran. But here income. in Holyoke, for instance, rents are very expensive. They're like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred. That is vouchers. Are they anywhere near that amount? A lot of them cover about seventy to seventy-five percent. Oh my God, you're doing math. What does that mean in numbers? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, anywhere from eight to nine hundred dollars a month. Okay, so then the veteran would have to come up with the other three, four, or five hundred. Sure. Yeah. Is that a simple thing for a veteran to achieve? Again, that depends. So this is where we have. Um, this is where we have multiple people working with the same individual. Mm-hmm. I would work with them to see if they have any history of uh, disability, mm-hmm. right? Did you by any way get injured in, in service? Were you ever exposed to a, a toxin? Were you ever exposed to chemicals? Were you ever... Agent Orange during the Vietnam War? Yeah, yeah. We, that we, sort of thing? Yeah, Agent Orange has become the buzzword, but you really want to focus on herbicides because there was actually like seven or eight different agents mm-hmm. that they used out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, you, what we want to look at is, is their current health condition caused by something in service? And in a lot of cases... Um, there is, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially those who were in country Vietnam, uh, those who were in Camp Lejeune. Or in Afghanistan or Iraq sure. with the burning of the the oil the fields. Yeah, the environment's really messed people up. And we don't, growing up in Holyoke, I don't think I paid a lot of attention to my health. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't care that there was asbestos around me or mm-hmm. lead paint. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't, we just didn't think about it. But mm-hmm. um, it, it does a number on your body. It does? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not doubting it. I'm let me get back to the veterans of is this country fulfilling its promise to veterans is the United States of America fulfilling its promise to veterans that because of what you did because of your service whether you got injured or not whether you were in country or not but there you volunteered or you were drafted depending on the era we're gonna do everything so that you have a quality life I would say that they're doing a hell of a job and they're getting a lot closer to prom- you know fulfilling all their promises there are a couple legislative challenges that, that are out there, but for the most part, my experience now today is that uh, there's been a lot of uh, reversals of opinions that you know used to stand where people were not well taken care of, that today, if that situation were to come up, they would be in better hands. Bueno, Jesus, I see a lot of people, and I know you do too, we all do, at stoplights saying, veteran, I need your help. Um, it, I just... You know, I don't think they're veterans. Is I mean, not that I know, but I feel <laughs> well, like they're using. The I'll, so, one, if you ever see anyone like that in the city, you call me, and I and I literally just drive my car there, and we find out who they are, and we talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, two, some of them are veterans, not all, but mm-hmm. some of them are, and I just say three, they're there for a reason, and that is to sort of you know get money. They're working, and they're they're great marketers, mm-hmm. right? They'll use they'll use that that title of veteran just to pull on your heartstring because there's still that perception like we're not doing enough. Right. Well, that's exactly, yeah. exactly. So y- they do have all sorts of options, all sorts of options. So that they do not have to be on a street corner asking for money. Unless of course that's what they want to do and they have a right to do that. But it's not like, Oh, if they don't get enough money, then they can't pay their rent or they can't get right. health or I, I know, food. A, cou- a couple of years ago, I, I did an interview with a local newspaper and, uh, you know, people were just responding. This is when you can keep, uh, when you used to be able to comment on, on articles. And there was, you know, a lot a lot of uh, comments of like, oh, we're not doing enough. And how, because my statement was, that veteran is better off with my phone number than your dollar. Wow. That's a great statement. Talk I have, about marketing, man. I have access yeah. to the Veterans Health Administration. Yeah. To the Benefits Administration. Yeah. To state funding for their needs. Yeah. 
right? I have I have all sorts of resources for them. They're better off with my phone number. And I think my statement was, have them call me. You know, th- that's that serves them better than your dollar. So I should put down your phone number, your office phone number, and just have it on index cards. And when I come to these intersections sure. when I see a veteran saying, veteran, blah, 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 need your help. And I say, here, call Jesus, call Jesus at this number. He's the director of veteran services. Yeah. He'll get you what you need so you yeah. don't have to stand here all day long. Right. Unless, unless that's what you want to do. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. For you. And I think you, you, you should do that. Um, I'll give you my card. You don't have to have in this card. I have business cards. Okay. The city okay. the city ponied up, you know, $13 <laughs> so I can have a, a business card. So it's okay. Nice. All but right. I, but, um, you know, and, and I'll tell you stories. And, and I try to deter people from giving out money. Mm-hmm. Because, okay. well, there's this one guy that I see every morning who comes over the, the Willow Manson Bridge. Mm-hmm. And he walks. And he walks. <laughs> he goes all the way down. He walks up the White Street and he plants himself by the old Lynch School. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I, I know I'm, him. I'm a, I'm a Marine, Marine veteran. Yeah. A Marine veteran. I mean, a Marine, that's, like, yeah. ooh, right? Oh, the first in, yeah. And, and here I am and I'm, and I'm asking you for a dollar. Yeah. You know? and, and it was like, you know, he has a really nice patriotic sign. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh-huh. Again, great marketing. Uh-huh. Uh, but that guy gets, you know, almost $4,000 a month tax-free from the VA. Whoa. So the question becomes, why is he here? And, and listen, and I'm someone who has been very well exposed to, to substance abuse. I, you know, my sister was a user for a long, long time. And I'm saying that, you know, maybe he's paying his rent and then, you know, parting the rest of it up. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, the fifth of the month and now he needs money. Right. So it's, it's, it's that reality. Yeah. And it's harsh and it's sad. And some people just don't want to accept that. They believe okay. that, like the government is, you know, screwing veterans over on, on what they. The need. government is not screwing veterans over. N- this not, is what not, I'm getting from you today. Not from my perception. The, the government, no. yeah, as veteran services, that you know, all the doors you can open to help a veteran in need, whether it's mental health services, housing, job opportunities. Oh, there, there's everything. There's, there's mass hire. So mass hire. Mm-hmm. has someone in there specifically to work with veterans. Mm-hmm. Veterans Inc., mm-hmm. right? They're a Worcester-based nonprofit who has an office in Springfield, mm-hmm. has someone specifically to help veterans get hired. They have they have veteran hiring, uh, what do you call them, like fairs. Yeah, job you know, fairs. Yeah, we, we've held a fair or two in the Hoyoke War Memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot being out there. I'm literally on a, um, like a DEI of construction group for the Hoyoke Soldiers Home diversity, inclusion, and all oh, that. Oh, okay. They want to make sure that they're hiring enough minorities to work on this project, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's an active thing. Mm-hmm. People are out there making sure that women are being hired, veterans are being hired, you know, and minorities are being hired. Okay. So there's a lot. Like, in Massachusetts, I can speak for it. Like, I can't yeah. speak for anybody else. Yeah. But there's really almost no reason besides your own failure to comply or your inability to comply. Like, mm-hmm. if you have mental health challenges. I know. Wow, failure. What a strong word. Yeah. Dude. Well, it's a, sometimes, well, sometimes, you, you know, you got to call, you tough call love. it out. It yeah. Is. You got to call it out. If you're spending all your money on, you know, gambling, for instance. Right. Right. And now you're on a street corner asking for money. Well, you got there because of your own decisions. Right. It, it's a personal accountability. I mean, you want to talk about military values? Accountability is one of them. Yeah. You know, um, well, that's what's strange also. Okay. So this is really good because you're debunking that myth. That unless we give them money, they're gonna, they're just in a, you know, yeah, they're t- totally in a difficult spot, I suppose. But it's not as if it's because there's nothing oh, available. We, have, to we them. have there. There's numerous amount of resources. They're all the resources in the world. When you go up to the Leeds Hospital, mm-hmm. the VA in Northampton, yeah. as you roll in, everyone sees the Soldier On sign. Yeah. Well, that is a separate nonprofit mm-hmm. funded by a lot of different mm-hmm. means, mostly there's like federal and state money that go in there that has uh, all sorts of counseling. Mm-hmm. So like they work hand in hand with the VA, but they have housing on campus. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of opportunities. There's housing on campus at the VA? Correct. And, and that's run by Soldier On. So, okay. so what happened was the VA sort of took a plot of land and said, yeah. we're going to lease it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what the contract is, but yeah. for whatever. Mm-hmm. And they built housing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful housing. I mean, it's yeah. nicer than my house. Yeah. Literally I've nicer. seen the houses there. I mean, they did new housing? Those houses there that have been around, Gordon's Mansfield is what they're called. Okay. That's their name. Uh, okay. I'm not going to say they're new. They're maybe 10, well, 15 years no, old. No, it's, it's a lovely um, area sure. also if, if you're into, you know, nature and all that sort right. of thing. Well, okay. Well, then that's good. 
That's good to know. So then about then the people who are on the corners asking for money, it's if they say they're veterans, we can say call veteran services. Right. They're on city. No, you're not. The, the War Memorial in Appleton yep. and Maple. Yep. Go to the War Memorial, Appleton and, and, and Maple and ask them to give you, you know, to help you, to give you information. Yeah, we have all the resources. You don't in the need world. to be st- standing here in the sun, in the rain, in the cold, yeah. unless you want to. Right. And some of them do want to. So that gentleman that's, you know, yeah. is getting a disability check yeah. for $4,000 a month is, yeah. chooses to do that. And, yeah. you know, we can't stop that. No. Um, but what I don't want is people to feel bad yeah. when they have no reason to feel bad. Yeah. The, the resources right. are, and I'm talking about in abundance. Well, there's, you know, there are all sorts of people. You can be in the military, you learn all these values. And then, I mean, you come out of it and you still can go, no, I don't want to do anything. I'd rather just, <laughs> I think, you know. it, 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 okay, I'm going to debunk another myth here. Okay. Not everyone who goes into the military is a superstar. Okay. And not everybody has great values and not everybody is a hard worker. It is an absolute reflection of the community or s- society in general. Mm. Like it is. Yeah. You have people who go in who don't want to work. You have people yeah. who go in who go in with sort of bad intentions. Yeah. And who hurt other people and yeah. do things to other people or who are lazy and let their friends do all the work. Like yeah. that exists as well. Yeah. Uh, we're not all saints, right? Yeah. You know, um, and the majority are. The majority mm-hmm. of people who go into service are, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. there for a reason and mm-hmm. um, they, they're there to, to ex, you know, exceed standards and, and move forward in a career. Well, then how do we know which veteran to salute? <laughs> well, I'm just, you're talking about figuratively, right? Cause yeah, <laughs> which I'm just a little to say thank you. I mean, I think that thank you for your service is like overused. Yeah. We don't know what the service was. Sure. And, and not for us to judge whether it, 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 it was good service or not good service. It's, well, were, are you, were you a good person? Were you, were you helpful? Right. Were you kind? Were you a professional? Did you help, you know, your colleagues? Yeah. That that's a complicated. Um, there's a complicated answer to that, and I'm gonna try to uh, simplify it. Mm-hmm. Just thank everybody. Um, there are situations that come up where a decent human being goes into service, is exposed to a lot of uh, challenges, which turns them into somebody else. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a great person afterwards, and things mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But it was service that caused it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, salute everyone, mm-hmm. thank them. Uh, if you want to make it your job to figure out why everyone is good or bad, then Good luck. That's going to take you some time. <laughs> um, yeah. In general, yeah. you know, I, I was I was thinking about it the other day, and it's and recently it's like you know, I'm very proud of what I've done in the military. I'm proud of uh, the people that I work with who are prior service, and you know, and I sort of had to have a, a reality check with myself, and it's like, do I hold them in a higher esteem esteem than I do the normal citizen? Mm-hmm. And the hard answer to that is yes. Yeah, I do. Because as we sit here today, we love our Constitution. We, we argue about it all the time. We love our freedoms. But only one half of 1% of this country is willing to protect that. One half of 1%. So the, the people with the megaphones out there, you know, who like to, and I'm all about people being able to protest, but those with the megaphones protesting would never go and put their lives on the line for, to give you the right to protest, even if it's something they agree with or don't agree with. Agree. And, agree. That, and so that struck me as like, yeah, I sort of kind of care more about prior service people than I do the average Joe. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I have, I have um, I'm a big supporter of veterans, and I'm the daughter um, of a veteran um, who died recently just just. just you know, he was 87 and yeah. you know, sorry to hear that yeah it was very it's been very hard but he had a very peaceful end and you know loving end and I'm glad I was there este, and he was with the 10th mountain division mm. um, back in the 50s just after the end of world war II. Um, he was a medic and he was stationed in Germany there was no war going on right. there was still the whole reconstruction sure of, of that of Europe after the right. Second World War, and the the other day I went to West Springfield to the Army Navy place because yeah. I was looking for an army jacket because I did buy then the insignias um, to get um, oh, the patches the patches on. Yeah. to put on my coat 
and I found a place to also spell out his last name. Oh, I could put see, it this on. is where you should have been talking to me. I'm sure I could have found that for you. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> okay. You know, but it, to me, so when as the weather gets colder, I'm gonna put on that that Good. jacket, and that's my way of honoring my father. Sure. Um, and just and honoring other veterans also, um, who you don't know that they're veterans. They may be sitting next to you at the bar. Uh, they may be playing pool, you know, anything. And they're just like this, yeah, some so are our, saints. I re- let me tell you, and, and, and it's crazy because we don't. We don't know who's a veteran who's not. Usually we don't. Um, you know, you have your handful that wear the hats, and, and you can identify them. But then there's a lot of people who just wear normal clothes. And I remember being at the senior center, I don't know, maybe two months ago, and there was this woman who was going to turn 87 or 88 and she tells me she is a retired le- a lieutenant colonel from Puerto Rico oh, wow. who was a nurse her whole time and has two master's degrees. And you would never be able to tell. Who, like, she just looks like a regular old person at the senior center, right? Well, true. Let me ask you then. <laughs> why don't veterans all wear something that tells us that they're veterans so that we can acknowledge? I think... Uh, well, part of it would be their courage, because even if it's not in war, if there's a war and you're in, yeah, you're in. Right. I would say that, um, you know, what sticks out to me in my era is not World War Two; it's Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, in Vietnam, veterans were not treated well at all. Mm-hmm. First of all, the majority of them went there without wanting to go. Yeah. Right. The draft was real. Yeah. Right. And and. You know, it wasn't women getting drafted back then. Yeah. Actually, women never got drafted. Yeah. Right. Is these, these these kids yeah, I know, that turn 18, 19 and get drafted and they're off to war. So fighting a war that they probably don't agree with, didn't know existed, probably couldn't tell you where Vietnam is on a, on a map. Right. right. Yeah. Then they come home in, you know, the 60s and the 70s to be called. All these things. Yeah. At the same time. Those stories came out of massacres that sure. U.S. soldiers did upon villages. Yeah. Uh, My Lai massacre. Yeah. Um, you know, rape as a weapon of war. And so I wasn't around for those, those protests. Certainly, I wouldn't have been one of the protesters of the soldiers coming home. I think what you said earlier, you put somebody in a traumatic situation. Oh. They're going to change. And they're going to become something they never thought they would become. Oh, absolutely. I mean. And then 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 21, 25. Right. You're still very. You're a baby. You don't know anything. And you're influenced easily. And, and if your outlet is like extreme violence. Yeah. That's what you know. Yeah, that's and what you know. It's, it's sort of like, so I draw parallels with that and like being in Holyoke growing up here. Mm-hmm. Like violence is a, is a key to survival mm-hmm. in, in some situations. So these folks went out, went to war, spent however many years out there, lost friends and, you know. In Vietnam, they lost a lot more people than we did in OEF, OIF. Mm-hmm. You know, technology is much better now. Me- Medicine is much better. Combat response is much better. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these folks saw a lot of their friends die. And on top of that. And the way that they died. Right. Because the deaths are not like, oh. They're gruesome. Yeah, they're gruesome. They're gruesome. Yeah. And, and then they come home to a country who's disappointed in them. Yeah. A lot of people were telling me, you know, how they used to just come back and like throw away their, their uniform and you know change into normal civilian clothes yeah. they, and they didn't want to talk about it yeah on top of that for 30 to 40 years after their service mm-hmm. their body's eating away at them mm-hmm. because they've been exposed to herbicides so now they have diabetes or they have heart disease or they have neuropathy or they have all these things that took vietnam veteran veterans from that era decades to get the va to accept that those are presumptive conditions. I think that's the VA that some of us remember as that they don't honor their veterans. I think that error would sort of indicate that. And the other thing is, the, the, I think, I mean, I wasn't there, so I'll say that again. I think people misplace their anger on the soldiers, right. where they should have been talking to the president sure. and to Congress and, and the de- defense secretary. We the see that a lot. Sec- you know, it's like, wait a minute, these guys are doing what they're told. Right. So don't dump on them. They're following orders by these other people who are at home in their big house, and they don't even make their own beds. We see a lot of displaced or misplaced anger and frustration, even in agencies, because 
we sit back here and we talk about, say, at the time people were mad at the VA. Mm-hmm. Well, VA functions under federal law. Well, who makes the laws? Right. Congress. Right. Okay. So why are we pissed at Congress? Right. Well, that's exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's where the media failed the United States because it just loved covering these protests. It's almost like, oh, they're burning the American flag. Let's get yeah. the camera over there. As if two people deciding to burn the American flag are representative of everybody that's in the same way that the Mailai massacre is not representative right. of all the soldiers. That's correct. And we just keep like the just being wrong, being wrong about where to direct our our anger. You know, I have a friend who I who I care about so much and he, he's such a smart man and every time I talk to him I feel like a third grader, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, he always tells me, um, if you really want to get to the truth, ask why four times or three times or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what we should do. Like if we're upset, like we're mad because veterans are not getting health care. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because the VA denied them. Why? Well, mm-hmm. because this process exists that prevents them from getting access. Why? Because mm-hmm. that's what the law says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's change the law. Let's advocate there for a change. And that's there where we, we call our state rep, Pat Duffy, or our state senator, yeah. John Velas, who himself is a veteran. Yeah. Well, for VA stuff, you need to go to, you know. Okay. So we go to Elizabeth Warren, yeah. Senator Elizabeth Warren, and that's Senator right. Ed Ard Markey. That's we go right. to Richie Neal, our congressman. That's right. Also, then we go to the federally elected, yeah. or the so, elected people who work in federal government. And, and that's... And I admit that I failed at civics. Like, I didn't care about civics growing up, nor did I care about it while I was in service. In service, I try to stay apolitical because they sort of expect you to be. Um, but getting out and working in municipal government, like, oh, it, it woke me up. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> well, how so? Well, I went from state of the art processes mm-hmm. and technology to people still printing things out in triplicate, walking it four blocks to give it to somebody to process. And by the time that whole process was done, you spent $90 in, in labor yeah. <laughs> to buy a 35 cent something, yeah. you know? And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but then but then you start realizing, well, why do we have that? Well, we have an ordinance that says that. Well, why was the ordinance put in? Well, that ordinance was put in because it was a state law. Okay, the state law was amended 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. the ordinance never was. Mm. So keeping up with all these ordinances and someone, it's like, we do a good job of putting things on the books, but no one the a poor job of keeping up with them. Mm-hmm. So are updating them to the new technologies that we have. Oh my God! So much can be done on the computer or the tablet, or even the phone. I mean, there's just there's a. You're right. We don't have to mimeograph anything anymore. We don't. We Although don't. I personally enjoy paper. I love paper. Este, I love. I love receiving, I don't love receiving a bill, but I love, <laughs> I love when I receive a bill, I can just like, uh, though I'll call with my credit card to pay the bill. Right. If I can do that. Sure. Or I'll write a check and then, you know, use a stamp. But I rarely do that anymore. There are hardly any mailboxes anymore. Anyway, I got off topic. No, I mean, I think, you know, government just needs to keep up with, with, with the times. And that's what happened to the post office, speaking of the government. They oh. didn't keep up with the times. And then UPS and all these yeah. other people like destroyed them. Yeah. Because they provided a better service, faster yeah. and cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that my letter carrier comes by my house <laughs> every day, actually. Uh, mine does. We, yeah. I, we see them all the time. Yeah. And my little ring camera. Yeah. In Puerto Rico, the mail is terrible. It's just I stopped sending things uh, to my people regular mail because they wouldn't get it they do you, wouldn't get do you it use another service yes i do <laughs> and it gets there and it gets there <laughs> because it gets tracked like you know somebody owns that package until right. it gets delivered right and then there's a signature there's somebody there you know i know the u.s postal service is supposed to do that sometimes they do sometimes they don't i mean right i guess it happens everywhere like listen i you know the amazon very, said it came and it didn't come and it the very deliver. first first disagreement slash fight that I had with a city employee when I first started this job mm-hmm. was when someone asked me to fax over my timesheets to an office. And facts? I'm, yes, facts. <laughs> and I'm like, do you still have an 8-track? I'm sure you still have an 8-track, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I said, I'm just going to email them to him because I had created a like a, a, a digital version of it. Yeah. I said, I'm just going to have my employees digitally sign it. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, no, we can't do that. I need I need the original. But a fax isn't the original. Right. And I'm like, well, if I would have given you a fax. Well, and like, and, and the thing is, like, listen, people, a fax, 
is going to send something over at 300 dots per, per inch, right? It's, yeah. it's a lower resolution. Yeah. If I email it to you, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's in color. And you can like zoom in and zoom out. And if you need a freaking copy, yeah. just print it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was like my dilemma. And so, you know. How did it get resolved? I refused to comply. And then what happened? We had a meeting of the minds, <laughs> a mandated meetings of the minds. They're like, well, he's not complying with my request. And I'm like, you're from 1973. Like, uh, why would I, why would I fax over time? She is sounds ridiculous to me. You're crazy. Yeah. Um, and so we agreed that they would start accepting emails. Look at you. <laughs> but it, but it comes with a battle though. Yeah. And, and the thing is, so, and what I've noticed is that if you have directors who are non-confrontational. Yeah. And, and let me and I need to be to be able to be fair about this. Mm-hmm. I'm aggressive non-confrontational. I mean, I'm a, I'm aggressive confrontational. There are people who are confrontational mm-hmm. who are very well at managing. Yeah. The, the 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 you know the interaction. I'm not. You're like fuck you. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm pretty much like you're doing a shit job. Why are we? You know why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. Where other people will come in with their $5 words and smooth <laughs> out the thing where it's like, you know, I think it's a better process if we were yeah. to get together and, you yeah. know, yeah. compose something that, you know, we could all use, yeah. that we could unilaterally use across all departments. Yeah. And I'm just, my eyes glaze over. I'm like, because I'm not, it's like, you're just kissing ass to make that person feel good. No, they're yeah. assholes. They're doing yeah. a shit job. Yeah. They're not keeping up. Bueno, it's also... I mean, this is everywhere. It, oh, it like, is. It's, oh, it's in universities. Yeah. It, 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 it's everywhere. It's like this, the, bu- the bureaucracy, como se dice? Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, yeah. They love their paper. They well, love their carbon copies. Yeah, no. They, they like old old processes, and they like not to change. And then in the workplace, you have to deal with the human element, which is like, I don't want to do more work or learn something new for the same amount of money. Yeah. yeah. Which, for me, like, I am so against that. Yeah. So you're saying it's part of your job to learn. How, this is part of your related tasks in your job description. Right. To learn new ways of doing things. Well, our job is to provide a service. Mm-hmm. If the means to provide that service changes over the years, you mm-hmm. should be up to date with those means. Right. Right. That's all. Just yeah. learn something new. Yeah. And then it keeps you relevant. Yeah. Keeps you relevant in the workforce and, in, you right. know, wherever you go. Um, yeah. It's, I know at this point, if somebody said to me, can you fax that to me? I would have to answer no. I, I 100% no. I'll take a picture of it and I'll text you the picture or I'll email you the picture, but I'm not going to fax. I don't even know where you can fax anything. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, haven't we moved away from faxing? Oh, yeah, we, we really have. And so a lot of people cite that it's more secure. Like the reasoning for using fax is that it's more secure than emailing. Mm-hmm. There's a threat with everything that we do. Anytime we transfer data between one person or another, whether it's through a fax or an email, there's there's an opportunity to intercept that information. Oh, sure. There are hackers everywhere. Phone, a, let yeah. me tell you, a phone line fax, I just got to hook up two little two little wires to the, yeah. the phone line, mm-hmm. and I can also re, 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 replicate what you were getting as a fax. Wow. It's, it's not that difficult. Wow. Wow. But it's, it's, it's just, it's, we're just, we have to get used to evolving with the times. It's like, okay. Simple, so, simple. Let me go back to the whole thing of the insignias. Why? I think it would be, I think I'm having an awesome idea right now that it's all veterans should wear something, whether it's a pin on their shirt, on their baseball hat. I don't know why everybody, you're doing it too. You're wearing a baseball cap. What's <laughs> with the baseball caps? We're balding, so we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to cover the balding spot. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Sorry. So then, eh. Because then how will we know? And then we, I feel like the public should know. Because as you said, less than half of 1% of this country is willing right. to volunteer. And I wonder, I want to ask you this question. Should the draft be brought back? I will say that I'm in favor of everyone serving for X amount of time. Like in Israel. Yeah. And I think from there, what you will see is a better unification of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian Younger wrote a book, and I forgot the title of the book. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who went on Mount Everest or something. He was, he was also an embedded um, uh, Oh, that's reporter. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he talks about how veterans in, in Israel don't suffer PTSD at the same rate as veterans from the United States. Mm-hmm. 
and it's mostly done. It, and mostly the reason behind that he suspects is because we serve in the United States, whether you go through something or not, say you did, you know, combat or whatever, you come home, you're half of 1% of the community who's, who the rest of the community has no idea what your experience was, nor will they understand. Mm-hmm. They won't know why it's so easy for you to get angry at someone or be suspicious of things or bags or, or you know, our era was like trash on the side of the road because trash on the side of the road in the Middle East was used to cover up bombs. Things like that. Not my experience, just friends. Um, where in Israel, everyone has probably experienced that. So when you come home, you have a community of people to come home to that you can freely talk about your experience or just freely talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, that's a really good point. That's it, a re- so it's not about drafting, it's about public service. It's about public service and it's also having, uh, it's about community. I, I think we're designed, I think, to be around each other. Yeah. We, we, we need companionship, we need uh, community. And when you're the outsider who has done this, that, or the other thing and you're, you know, your neighbor has no idea what that's like and they're like, oh, you're just so absurd. You know, the things that you say are just off the wall or you're rude or whatever. And it's like, my friends see past my rudeness. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sometimes when I talk, I'm kind of very direct, but that's because that's how my brain is programmed. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's the way it was programmed. Mm-hmm. Who, what, when, where, why? I typically don't get it. Like, if I need something, my email is like three sentences. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, some of these academia types will give you. I know. I know. Like two pages of yeah. stuff. And like, listen, what yeah. is it that you're, for well, me, you know, like, what do you want? When I went to the air show um, a couple of months ago, um, I, I'm always struck that it, it doesn't appear that there are a lot of so-called liberals there. They're all like, a, because, oh no, we're against the military, military, you know, the military com- industrial complex or, you know, they get all like, you know, in their head space about it instead sure. of in their heart space. So, right. These people are doing things that you would never do. Never. And you had the option to not do them. And you didn't get drafted right. because you went, you, know, you went to some university and you were right. studying to be whatever. And you know, my uncle was studying to be a doctor. Well, he still got drafted. Right. You know, it's just like keep, keep studying and, right. and, do, yeah. and do your service. You know, out of all the privileges that we talk about in sight nowadays, I, I stay away a lot from the racism, racism stuff. I, I try to do my best to stay away from that. But there is like the American privilege. Mm-hmm. Just by being born here. You get so much. You walk out the door and you can say whatever you want to whomever, whomever you want. And it's protected. Yeah. Right. And you didn't have to work for that. That was literally just given to you. Yeah. Where if you were born in, say, Afghanistan and you're a woman. Yeah. I know. Different story. I I can't. That is just heart wrenching. The way women are treated in other countries. The way that. Oh, my God. Pakistan, Sudan, you you know, all the countries. It's it's just it's um, unspeakable. Um, Going back to, to public service, do, so you believe in that. Do you think the Congress, you think Congress would say, yeah, maybe we should reinstitute, not, not call it the draft, but public service. Like do something for your country rather if, than just like give me, if, give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, I think if it's mandated, it, it wouldn't pass. That's I, unfortunate because you have almost a majority of Republicans who are known as more like military, sure. pro-military. Yeah. They wouldn't pass it? I, would find, I don't think that the appetite of this country right now is to have something like that. Pass. For public service. Yeah. The yeah. appetite of this country is like me first. Yep. And to hell with everybody else. Yeah. And, and, you know, not that I ever want to ever have a catastrophe happen in our community. Mm-hmm. But if it does, it's going to shine a light on what really matters. Yeah. Right. Like helping others, getting people through things, um, you know, getting up on our own two feet and providing whatever we can to support the other person. Mm-hmm. The average person, you're right, thinks about themselves. Yeah. hundred percent. I know. It's actually quite, quite depressing to think about how you have all these veterans who, like you said, they're invisible. And most of us don't know what they've been through. Right. And we can be behind them at the supermarket. And we may see um, a sort of a... a a nervousness, an anxiety attack. We can see a harsh words or whatever. And if that person's a veteran, well, there are reasons, there are probably really good reasons for that. 
And wait, you're looking at me with glazed eyes. No, I'm just thinking. You did this the the first show. What? You said the same thing. You have glazed eyes. And that's usually just me thinking. Oh, okay. All right. So I think that if we all were compelled, and if you don't want to be in the military, then be in the Peace Corps. And if you don't want to be in the Peace Corps, then you have to work for your community. Whatever that community needs. If Holyoke needs more people working in the Department of Public Works, sure. well, then you go there. Um, but to break this, this habit, bad habit that this country has on a national level of expecting a lot from the government, but not expecting anything from us. We just say, oh, I paid my taxes. That's okay, good. You Thank and, you. You and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else that you works. And, and, yeah, every, everybody else who works. Everybody right. else who works, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that it would solve a huge problem with, with education, too. You know? What do you mean? Well, I mean, we talked about on the first show, I think, about uh, the challenges of getting people to graduate through high school in Holyoke. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're birthing kids. Kids mm-hmm. are birthing kids. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a statistic of that. Mm-hmm. And so, well, and our resources are limited to what the municipality can afford or what other nonprofits can come in and provide. Well, in the military, guess what you get? Mm-hmm. Healthcare daycare, mm-hmm. access to education, college and schooling. That's that you get paid to go do, mm-hmm. you know, and you're in a learning environment all the time. It's, 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 it's an opportunity for growth. I agree. I agree. When I wanted to go into the military, my mother did not want me to go in the military. There were a lot of, um, what's it called? Covert um, operations going on uh, by the United States. I think there always are, yeah, I think actually. Th- th- I think everyone's always doing something. Yeah, and my mother was scared for me. Yeah. So I said, what about the Coast Guard? No, do you really want to pick up Dominicans, <laughs> you know, and send them back to their country, and they're trying yeah. to swim to Puerto Rico, and you're like, no, we're going to put yeah. them in handcuffs, because that's what they do. That's sad, right? It's, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to see that. Yeah. I mean, I have a picture at home. I don't have it up. Este, it's... Yeah, it's a picture of handcuffs already on the ground in western Puerto Rico in a parking lot right next to the beach because the Coast Guard knows this is where the boats come in, La Giolas, with the Dominicans who right. are fleeing poverty right? and then are willing to do things that we in Puerto Rico are not willing to do. Work in the fields, clean you know houses, clean the streets, you know, like everything. It's a story in every country, right, sure. that immigrants will do what the native people don't want to do yeah and they'll prosper i mean how many uh you know we see a lot of asian families that come in and somehow they're all living in the same home and get money together and buy a restaurant and you know within a generation or two they're yeah financially free right yeah. they can have all the freedoms in the world why aren't we that's a great question Jesus, you know the answer it's it's culture well what do you mean it's it's we have developed and i've said this before uh, right now, like in Holyoke, uh, a huge pot of folks who um, whose lives are subsidized by the work of other people. Mm-hmm. And they probably don't understand that at all. Don't mm-hmm. understand that at all. They're here for a reason. It's because there's resources to supplement their lives, which they deserve. I'm not going to, gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they don't. Everyone mm-hmm. deserves to have a good, a good uh, opportunity to live. But when your housing is subsidized 70%, your health care is subsidized and you're paying nothing, um, all those things, someone else is paying for that, yeah. which takes away that dollar from providing something else in that state or community. And we meet our basic needs by using those opportunities for subsidies, and then why would you want to go out beyond that? Because as you start working and making more money, you lose some benefits. So what happens is you're working harder, making more money, now healthcare is costing you more dollars. Mm-hmm. So your net, you know, the much, right. how much money you have left over at the end of the month yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah, That's a problem. That's it is a, a problem. That's a big problem because it doesn't motivate people to stop depending on the government, even if they want to, because then they lose their child care. Right. Or, you know, everything, everything that you, you were mentioning also, they, yeah. they get less money. Yeah, the, cliff, the cliff effect is real. It's, it's, it's tough. You're for speaking p- academic, the cliff effect. It's just what I just explained. As people make okay. more money, okay. as people make more money. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the problem is this, because I, I got stuck in a, in a, so I did the leadership in Pioneer Valley a couple of years ago. It's mm-hmm. like a regional leadership training. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did it because I, 
I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And we got stuck with the task of understanding the cliff effect. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is this. For, say, a single mother with two children, mm-hmm. for them to live the same, to get the same services, health care, food, daycare, and all that other stuff, they need to be earning about $70,000 a year mm-hmm. or so, somewhere in that range, to live the same lifestyle with three people, right? Two children and, 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 mm-hmm. and a parent. Well, are we producing people who can earn $70,000 a year? Well, are we graduating people? Right. Are we educating people? So yeah. for them, it's it's a better opportunity for them to stay where they're at, yeah. whether they're working part-time or not, or you know, lower entry-level jobs, and, and live that life versus trying to struggle to get to where you are at the end. But we don't talk about the benefits of going and earning your dollar and and having opportunities later because eventually your kids grow yeah and eventually they're out the door yeah and eventually you're still making 70 80 or whatever your salary is yeah that's more money for you yeah and now you have more options and maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you 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 have bought your house or now you can buy a house or Mm -hmm. we don't talk about those things and and they just seem so far down the road that people don't 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 even talk about it bueno to get back to veterans Yeah. yeah no i agree with everything you said by the way Oh, thanks. It was everything, everything. And the, the, we, have, we have debunked a couple of myths. One is that veterans don't have access to services. They do. They do. They have access to, to help. Yes, they do. And they are completely entitled to it because they either were drafted or, or they volunteered. Right. And that's all that's required. Is this true? Like, yes. Do you have to be like having? Do you have? To, do you do? Would you have to be like in what's called the the war theater? Nope. Okay. So, so every veteran. So so what happens is, you know, as a male, we have to sign up for selected service. We have to sign up for the draft, right? We have to, by law. Yeah. No, my brother did right? too when he turned eighteen. Um, if you go into active duty, mm-hmm. so any, any you know br- any branch doesn't matter if you go army, navy, mm-hmm. navy or marine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you're off of active duty, you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. The challenge comes in when you're a reservist. So if you're a national guard or reserve, mm-hmm. the definition of a veteran changes. So if you're a reservist and do all your time in just the reserves and get out and never go on active duty of any kind, you're not a veteran. Now, some programs are changing their eligibility to allow people because, you know, there was. Wow, they volunteered. They volunteered. And even though a ton of reserve bases, um, they were still there, right? Yeah, they were there. So a lot of these peacetime folks from the 80s, mm-hmm. some of them did 20 years, never got activated. Mm-hmm. Technically, in the eyes of the law, they're not veterans. It wouldn't be eligible for the like say the state benefit. The wow. state, the, I, I say state benefit. It's not a benefit. It's state public assistance through my yeah. department. Yeah which is wild. Wow. So they recently changed it. So like those people who did 20 years and, yeah. and retired from the reserves mm-hmm. can now get uh, benefits from us. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the federal side, they, they have, they, di- they dictate how many days of active duty you need. Mm-hmm. So either 90 or to qualify, to qualify for benefits. Yeah. So, you know, okay. So but like cool. in the Afghan war and the Iraq war, reservists were sent. Oh yeah. So a lot of reservists are veterans. Yeah. Are known as veterans. then. Yep. And how come so many reservists? Is it there are not enough soldiers? I thought there were a million soldiers. And I don't remember the actual politics behind uh, sending reservists, but they are part of the armed forces, mm-hmm. and they became a key component to mm-hmm. uh, the war on terror. Like yeah. our battalion alone, I think we talked about it was about seven deployments in you know whatever the twenty year span that I was around. So in the army, they deploy a year, and I think the first time they went out, it was fourteen or fifteen months. So. It's a year of your life that you're gone. Wow. And uh, the other branches, a lot of them do six months, three months, two months. Mm-hmm. But, of course, if you're strategically, if you have a theater of, of, of uh, service members and you have to keep changing out one every two months, like, that's a pain, right? Like, so the fact that the Army was around for a year made it easy because now you have cont- continuity of, of operations for a year. And then two months before they leave, the new company comes in or battalion or whoever – and they cross train and then yeah i remember when they were coming back um from the war and some cities would celebrate them oh yeah and and it was sort of a very intentional like vietnam veterans were mistreated and now we're yeah. gonna we're gonna honor you and it is a it is for shame that the vietnam veterans were mistreated 
they, oh, it they is. shouldn't and have been we, the subject of what we have today in the VA healthcare system mm-hmm. in the laws that we have in the federal government is and how quickly they're doing presumptions for disabilities for OEF OIF folks is because of Vietnam veterans. What is OEF Oh, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Okay. So Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Or any, anything in that era. Actually, mm-hmm. believe it or not, we're still under the Persian Gulf War. Okay. From 1991 till now, we're still under the Persian Gulf War. There's just different operations that yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that we have is because of the Vietnam veterans. Our vet centers are because of Vietnam veterans. So their know? sacrifices. Oh, my God. Oh, we, so extended. We owe, we owe them everything. Mm-hmm. Like literally owe them everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to be as respectful as I can when I'm around them. I, I, I thank them for everything that they do. You know, the memorial service that we have every year, and it's lovely, you know, the Madrigal singers and, yeah. you know, the pastor and whoever is going to speak. And I want to see one day that auditorium at the War Memorial Full. overflowing yeah. with people to thank the veterans. And it's just really, it's like, I'm there, I'm there as media, I'm there as, and I would go there anyway, because I'm the daughter of a veteran. But mostly, you know, it's just us. It's just, it's you guys, it's the elected officials, it's the family members, and a few people who say, oh, what's going on in there? And they come in, and you know, you got the beautiful bagpipe thing going on. Yeah, the the unfortunate thing is that Again, one half of one percent of the of the of this great nation has has sort of uh, raised their hand and, and, and served in service. So everyone else sees that weekend as just a long weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Let's go on vacation. Let's kick off the you know the summer, and th- and that's what America does. So think about it, right? Plenty of people have died. Memorial Day is there to recognize those who have died in service or because of service. And we see it nowadays where Vietnam veterans passing away from heart disease-related injuries that they obviously contracted while being exposed to herbicides. You're out having a cookout because of that person. Year in and year out, right? And that's the reality. That's the gravity of it. So to me, when I think about veterans and first responders, man, they have all my respect. This morning. I mean, let's rewind. Before I went on vacation, there was a homicide in front of my building. And, and you know who ran to that location? Our first responders. Police, fire, you know, the ambulance. The average citizen would have ran away from that. So this morning there was a, a foot chase around our building. Getting back to my earlier comment, yeah, when, when I think about first, you know, I think about veterans or first responders, they're definitely, I think they're an echelon above the average person. Well, it was nice to talk to you again. It's always an honor. You should probably do this again. Absolutely. Maybe there'll be an episode four. <laughs> I hope so. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>